0: Praise the Lord. I'll need to move a little faster than what I normally do. So on behalf of the uh, pastors and the leadership of the Bread of Life, I'd like to welcome each and every one of us to this evening's Victory Night Service. Uh, Is there anyone who is here this evening who is coming to the Bread of Life for the first time? If you are, I would like to see your hand, please. Anyone who is visiting with us? for the first time. All right, brother, thank you. Anyone else? All right, let's give them a Bread of Life welcome. <laughs> brother, this is the Bread of Life Fellowship. We are a full gospel church and we regularly meet for worship on Fridays between 11.30 a.m. and 1.30 p.m. in this very hall. Uh, this meeting is called the Victory Night Service. It's usually held on the last Monday of the month. And as you have seen, it's a time when we claim victory over every disease, over every discouragement, and ev- over every unfortunate circumstance, and we give glory to God for the victory that He, he gives to each one of us. Now as we move on, I would ask every one of us, brothers and sisters, that this evening we continue to exercise our faith and we turn over any problem that we have into the hands of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because in that way, every one of us shall experience victory. That is the only way. Will you turn with me to the book of St. John, to the Gospel of St. John, chapter 4, and I'm going to read verses 46 to 54. The Gospel of St. John, chapter 4, verses 46 to 54. So Jesus came again to Cana of Galilee, where he had made the water wine. And there was a certain nobleman whose son was sick at Capernaum. When he heard that Jesus had come out of Judea into Galilee, he went to him and implored him to come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. Then Jesus said to him, Unless you people see signs and wonders, you will by no means believe. The nobleman said to him, Sir, come down before my child dies. Jesus said to him, Go your way, your son lives. So the man believed the words that Jesus spoke to him, and he went his way. And as he was now going down, his servants met him and told him, saying, Your son lives. Then he inquired of them the hour when he got better, and they said to him, Yesterday at the seventh hour the fever left him. So the father knew that it was the same hour in which Jesus said to him, Your son lives. And he himself believed and his whole household. This again is the second sign Jesus did, when he had come out of Judea into Galilee. Now this is a very well-known passage to, to most of us. But there is always something new that the Lord can teach us. And let's wait and see what we can learn from this particular passage. I've titled this talk or this lesson as A Walk to Remember. A Walk to Remember. Now what are the lessons for us from it this evening? Number one, step forward to receive your answer. Step forward to receive your answer. Now in, now in the early verses of this chapter, you'll see that Jesus was at Cana. And a nobleman came from Capernaum to see him. That's in verse 46 and verse 47. Now, if you go into the dictionary, you will see that the distance between these two places is approximately 20 miles. That's about 32 kilometers. The nobleman, or as has been described in the NIV, it's described as the royal official, could actually have ordered for Jesus to come down to his place. There was no need for him to have walked the 20 miles. To come to Jesus in order to ask Jesus to heal his son. He had the authority because he was in government service. He was, a, he was a royal official. He could have just said, get that man across here. And said, come over to my place and heal my son. That is the authority given to the people at that time. He had that authority vested in him in him in his, as his position in government. But he chose to come to Jesus and plead his case. You see, the starting point that we need to remember is this. We need to take that first step. That noble man, that rich man, that royal official, did not choose to use the power that was in him, but rather he was able to see that there was somebody who had divine power, who had unique power that was much higher than his. And he said, let me take that step. Let me make that move to go to Jesus and get the answer to my prayer. Today the situation that I'm asking is this. Do we have a prayer that needs answer? Do we have a situation that needs the touch of God? Is it a situation that we have tried different solutions but there is no answer? and our only hope is Jesus are we prepared to take that step are we prepared to say let me go to Jesus let me not stand here and say I expect Jesus to come to me and heal I expect God to come into my situation and touch me but can I say let me take that first step there is a Chinese proverb that says the journey of a thousand miles begins with one small step. Just like that nobleman, that rich man, that royal official, took the step to go to Jesus, in order to receive his answer. The first instruction that we get from this passage is, if you need an answer to a problem, and you know that the solution can only come from God, take your first step. Move to God. You move, God will answer. Number two, faith is a gift that needs to be applied. Faith is a gift that needs to be applied. You see, from verse 54, we know that Jesus had performed only one miracle in Galilee at that, up to that point of time, changing water into wine. Because it says that, This is the second sign Jesus did when he had come out of Judea into Galilee. Yet, the noble man had heard the wondrous works that Jesus had did in Judea, and he came twenty miles to seek him. He had not seen anything much in, in his place. He might have heard of things that Jesus did in other places, but as far as he was concerned... It was hearsay. There was nothing much that Jesus had done in that place till that particular point of time. And yet, he chose to walk the distance in order to seek the Lord and look for an answer. Verse 50 tells us this. It tells us that the noble man believed Jesus when he said that his son was healed. He didn't look for confirmation. He was asking Jesus, come home. And touch my son. But Jesus said, Go, your son lives. And the rich man turned and walked. He believed that his son was healed. He did not say, I need to check this out. Will you please come with me? Maybe if it is not true, you need to do something else. You need to add some mumbo-jumbo to it. No, he didn't do any such thing. He believed. When Jesus said it, he believed it. That is faith. That, needs, that is the faith that needs to be applied. Here is a man who has just heard about Jesus. He's heard of the wondrous things that this man could do. He trusted that this man could heal his son. He believed that this man could heal his son. He came and said, will you do it? Will you come home? And Jesus said, your son lives. This man believed. And he went back. Today we have heard of so many testimonies of different types. You have heard of protection. You have heard of doors being opened. You have heard of opportunities being given. You have heard of, heal, uh, of healing uh, testimonies. You have heard of different types of testimonies. What's the purpose? It's not for us to simply sit back and say, God did a good thing in the life of this brother and that sister. It's also for us to, to think that our God is a God who can do this and much more. Let me just believe. The rich man heard. We have heard. And now when we come forward with our prayer request, and God says, it is done, just believe and go back. It is done. There should be no place for doubt at this particular point. This is the kind of faith that Jesus is looking for in you and me today. And undoubting, Kind of faith. A faith which says, yes, when you have said it, I will accept it. In Matthew chapter 15 verse 28, Jesus tells the woman with the sick daughter, O woman, great is your faith. Let it be as you desire. Or NIV says, your request is granted. O woman, great is your faith. Your request is granted. For many of us, there was a day, sometime in our past, when we trusted God completely. We had no doubts about it at all. We never doubted God. But with the passage of time and the blessings of God in our life, it is quite possible that we have forgotten that it is our God who has carried us through the quicksands of our difficult times. Brother Manmeet is not the only one who has that kind of a testimony. Every one of us could stand here and say that there might have been times when we have gone back. The God of our job might have taken us over. The God of something else might have taken us over. The God of this thing or that thing might have taken us over. And have we forgotten that it is God who does everything in our life. There was a time when we had nothing. When we turned to God and when we got it, we said, God did it. Today we have something. And when we get something else, we say, I did it. You see, that should not happen. God did it then. God has provided for us now. God continues to do it for us. Let's have that faith. It is not us. It's not about me. It's all about God. You see, in Matthew 15, verse 8... Jesus said these words about the Pharisees. And I pray that these are not words that will be used against us. He says, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far away from me. I pray that this will not be a statement that could be quoted against any one of us this day. Or in days to come. You see, in Mark 6, chapter 1, we read, Jesus came to his own country. In verse 5 and 6 it continues like this. Now he could do no mighty work there. And he marveled at their unbelief. It all boils down to where is our faith? Where is our belief? We all want mighty things to be done. We want financial blessings to be poured out upon us. We want doors to open. We want healing in our bodies. There may be different things that we want, legitimate reasons. But are we coming and saying that God, it is you and you alone who can do it. I trust you implicitly. There is no other way for me. Or am I coming and saying, hopefully God will do this for me. But if he doesn't, I have a plan B. If you have a plan B, God says, let the plan B work. No problems. Our God is a very patient God. He says, you have a plan B, a plan C, a plan D, go ahead, work it out. No issues. He marveled at their unbelief. Now if you notice the faith of the nobleman in this particular episode that's quoted here, you will see how his faith grew. First, he believed enough to ask Jesus for healing. He heard of something that Jesus did, and he believed that enough that he could come 20 miles and ask for healing. Second, he believed that when Jesus said that his son was healed, without questioning, he returned home. So he believed straight away the word of God. Third, he and his household believed in Jesus. Faith is a gift that grows as we use it. You know, Brother Manmeet again ended up by saying that he prayed to God that his faith will continue to grow. It shouldn't be stagnant. It shouldn't remain stationary. It's something that we apply. We keep applying. And as we apply it, we will realize, you know, so many things are happening that can happen only because God decrees it so. Because God is there with me, it's God who's working everything for me. It's not me at all. It's not about me at all. Nothing that we do, whether it's, a, whether it's in our job situation, our family situation, in any position. It's God who does it. And as our faith keeps growing, as you apply it more and more, you will see God working beautifully in and through you. That's what God did in the life of that noble man. He first believed, and then his household believed. Number three, things change the the moment God says the word. Jesus didn't have to travel 20 miles for the son to be healed. He just commanded life on the boy, and that is what happened. When he commanded from many miles away, the life returned into the body of that boy. We've heard testimonies where uh, sister, was taken, sister Pearlie was talking about her mother. Many miles away, prayers were raised here. The healing took place there. You don't have to go there. God doesn't have to say, okay, I need to walk across to that person to do it. And today when we pray, Believe that it doesn't matter where the episode is. It might be something that's happening right here, right now in your life. It might be that you're praying for somebody else somewhere else. Distance is not the matter. It's the word of God that matters. When God says, this is it, it is that. When God says, you are healed, you are healed. When God says, the burden is lifted, the burden is lifted. Okay, we don't have to test it out. When Jesus commanded Lazarus to come out of the tomb, the dead man walked out as a living human being. When God commanded Miriam's hand to be leprous, it turned white as snow. When the sea was raging with a great tempest, and the boat was being tossed back and forth, the command of the Lord brought great calm. That's what it says in Matthew 8. When God says it, it happens. Things change the moment God says the word. We have a magnet on our fridge that has these words that remind us every day of the authority behind every word of God. God said it, I believe it, that does it. A good place to put your magnets is the fridge because uh, you know, being gluttonous people that we are, We are often around the fridge. So, you know, it keeps reminding us. God said it. I believe it. That does it. In just a few minutes, we shall be praying for different needs. It is up to you to unburden yourself unto the Lord. The question is, how many miracles do you have to see before you accept Jesus into your life? How many miracles do you have to see before you accept that Jesus can turn your problem into a victory dance? How often do we hear our brethren testify of God's miraculous touch in their life and yet we do not trust God completely? Remember, our God is a prayer answering God. Do not look at the circumstances around you. Do not doubt that Jesus can work the miracle you desire just trust and believe and obey but obviously there is something else when you do that you must take your first step of faith often the answer is held back for that fraction of a time for an application of our faith. You see, if the answer was instantaneous, if the answer came straight away, you want a financial breakthrough, and if this roof was to open out and pour the money at your feet, there is no time for you to apply that faith. But when you say that you want a promotion, And you trust God because there is a period of time before that promotion comes. That is the test that you are going through. That is the time when you should not waver because that is the time when the devil comes and says it's not going to happen. Don't waste your time. That is the most crucial period. That is the time of the test of our faith. And that is the time when we need to be unwavering. And that is the time when we say God, I know that you have said you will do it, but you will do it in your time. That is fine. I am waiting. Okay. The rich man came to Jesus. Jesus told him that the son was healed. The man went away believing, but he did not know for a fact that the healing had taken place. He met his servants on the way. And they told him, your son is healed. And when he inquired of the time, it was the same time that Jesus told him that his son was healed. So there was a period of time when he was purely walking in faith. He was purely walking in that faith, walking back towards his son, going to his son to see a healthy living son. He did not have a doubt. And you see Brother Vivekan also put up the time when the prayer was made here and the, the answer was being typed out by his co-brother elsewhere. But he knew the answer only when he opened the email hours later. So there was a period of time that he had to live on the knowledge that, the, that God was working and the prayer was being answered. Okay, and that's the same for us today. Let us be very careful that we don't waver at the point of receiving our blessing. Because that's where we we may lose it out. We're going to spend some time in prayer. I know we are running out of time. But I do need to ask that in Matthew 7, as per Matthew 7, verses 7 and 8, Jesus has said, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. And he who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. But the big question to ask is this. Jesus Christ said, ask. But how do I ask if I don't know who Jesus is? To those of us who know Jesus, you don't need a new introduction. But those of us who don't know Jesus, we may be Christian by birth. We may be Christian by name. But if you don't know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, you don't know Jesus. And how do you ask somebody who you don't know? If there is anyone like that here, you need to think about it. Here is Jesus, who is prepared to answer, who is ready with the solutions that you are looking for. He has answered the prayers of so many brothers and sisters over time, just as we have heard in our testimonies this, this day. Just as we have heard from the passage that we have read, Jesus answered. But you need to know Jesus before you can ask Him. And when you know Him, when you have a relationship with Him, and you ask Him, Jesus says, Ask, and I shall answer your prayer. Jesus is God, and we know that He came down from heaven to take upon Himself my sins. You see, the problem is that my sin separated me from God At one time. And therefore I couldn't go to him. So Jesus had to come and intervene and take away my sin and die on that cross of Calvary. And as he did that, he brought me and my God back together. He took away that chasm. He took away that valley that was between my God and myself. God draws us back. Today I am asking not just those who don't know the Lord and I am being blunt about this but I am also talking to those of us who know the Lord but might have moved away. Brother Manmi's testimony is a testimony for us to think and reflect back on ourselves. I know the Lord but have I moved away? And therefore it is time that we get reunited with our God, our Creator, our Protector, our Provider, our Father, our Savior, our Lord and our King. If sin has entered into our life and we still find that juicy and captivating, in effect we are saying that we are rejecting Jesus. Now even as we start to pray, with all our eyes closed and heads bowed, my first question is to those who don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. Church, let's bow down with our eyes closed. But to those who don't know the Lord, the question is, do you want to know Him this day? Do you need an introduction? Do you want to know this Lord? Who could speak to the raging sea and it calmed down. Who could tell a man that his son was healed and the son was healed. Who Who was lying dead in a tomb. Come out and the man came out living. Do you want to know this Jesus? Who touched eyes of the blind man blind man could see? Do you want to know this Jesus? Who spoke to the deaf ears and the deaf ears could hear? Who could make the lame walk? Who could make the dumb speak? If you want to know him, If you think that you would like to know this Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, you have an opportunity today, once again, do raise up your hands, while all eyes are closed and heads bowed, this is for those who would like to receive the Lord Jesus into their lives. We will also pray for those who doubt if God ever listens to their prayers. If that is the doubt that you have, this is for you. If you think that you are in a hopeless situation, this is for you. If you have been waiting for a long time for the answers to your prayers, this is for you. Our God who said that it will be done still saying the same today it will be done just believe just trust have no doubt and you will see your answer. Father God we just want to thank you and praise you for this time Lord Father you have spoken and Father God we receive your word and Father we just want to thank you Lord that you have Reminded us once again, Lord Father, that we just need to trust in you, Lord Father. We have seen, Lord Father, that you are a prayer answering God. You are a God who is so mindful of us, Lord. And Father God, we just want to say thank you, Lord. And even as we commit ourselves and recommit ourselves into your hands, Lord, we pray, Lord, that you will give us that mustard seed of faith, Lord Father. And that it shall continue to grow, Lord Father. And Father God, even as we bring our petitions unto you, Lord, Father, I pray, Lord, that we shall come with a receiving heart, Lord, Father. We shall know for sure, Lord, Father, that even as we put our petitions to you, Lord, with implicit faith and trust in you, Lord, Father, never doubting your word, Lord, never doubting the time, the time duration, Lord, Father, Never listening to the voice of the devil, Lord. Never looking at circumstances, but just turning to you, Lord Father. I pray, Father God, that you will help our faith to grow, Lord Father. We thank you, we praise you, Lord. We give all glory to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If there's anyone who does need to be prayed for, we do have a few minutes. Probably take just about five minutes. Um, I'd like you to come forward. Otherwise, I'm going to request our pastor to come forward and to pray for us. Yes, I, if you do have a, a prayer request that you would like the pastors or the leaders to pray for, you still have an opportunity to come forward, but we'd like to make that quick. And I'm going to ask our pastors to come forward. I'm going to ask uh, Pastor Abraham, Pastor Augustine, our elders also to come forward. Brother Sudhir Brother Charles Any of the other elders Brother Isaac Please
1: Please 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 Please, please. 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 please.
2: Oh. to dear. Amen. We Do something new. Do something new in my life. Something new. I'm Touch me. Touched me Jesus touched me And let all the joy That loved my, love my soul something, something Happened, happened and, and now
1: we all rise to our feet? Do we believe Jesus spoke to you? Do we believe God answers all our prayers? If you believe so, can we honor Him by, with, uh, as a sign of our acceptance, giving a glad offering to Him? That shows how much we believe it. That shows how much you receive it as well. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Our God is the living God. Our God is the unchanging God. He is the same yesterday, today and forever. Our God never fails. He is great and mighty. What He has done to the ruler, He is able to do to each and every one of us. What He has done to the children who testify today He is able to do to each and every one of us Whatever the situation Whatever the sickness is Wherever the sickness is Whether the sickness is in India Or Sri Lanka or Philippines or Nigeria Anywhere else Our God is God of near as well as for the far places All things are possible those who believe him. Amen. We all believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Let us thank him. Father, once again we thank you. Our hearts are filled with love and gratitude unto you. Thank you for the word which you spoke to us. Thank you for your servant whom we use in this day. Thank you for each and every part of this service. Really, Lord, we are very much privileged. To be your children Father As you have given us the faith Help us to remain in that faith And also grow In that faith So that we can see the greater things Much more greater things That you are going to do in our lives So Father Thank you for touching your children Thank you for answering the prayers Of your children today As you are going to depart from this place Let the joy Which you gave today Let the peace you promised to us prevail in us, in our life forever. In Jesus' most exalted name, we offer this prayer. Let us share the grace. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, be with us now and forevermore. Go in peace. May God bless you all.